You're listening to the Joint Practices Podcast. Dad, who am I named after? You're named after my favorite thing in the world, son. Winning. With your host, Sean Lamont. People are going to listen to the first 20 seconds and be like, nope, this sucks. <laughs> Steve Knox. No, but I'm going to tell Elijah to go masturbate with maple syrup tonight. Let me know how that goes for you. And Elijah Arnold. You know what I did? I put some fucking honey and sugar around the rim and I drank it like a basic bitch. Are you excited, girl? I'm so excited, girl. Yo! Welcome back to the Joint Practices Podcast. This is the podcast for fans, by fans. That's fans like me. I'm your host, Sean Lamont, on Twitter, at 11thegoat. Tonight is episode one. 15. Joining me as always, my two co-hosts. First, in the green corner. On the Twitter bird at the Knox says the OG Olive Garden. Mr. Super Sticky Steve. Knox. Yeah, 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 yeah. And in the slightly dim corner. No longer in his love seat. Propped up with the cutest looking smile you've seen this side of the Donna Dixon line on the Twitter bird at wrong Elijah. Elijah Arnold. It's oh. a computer chair now and it has wheels. Watch. Wee. As we wait, Elijah, to return to the frame, we're going to go ahead and get into episode 115 because a lot of stuff happening. A lot of schedule changes, a lot of stuff to try to digest real quick. We'll do the best job we can. So. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Where do you want to start, big girl? Um, breaking news. The New York Jets have given Le'Veon Bell his outright release. In a statement from Sean's good friend, Joe Douglas. General Manager of the Jets says, After having conversations with Le'Veon and his agent and exploring potential trade options over the past couple of days, we've made the decision to release Le'Veon. The Jets organization appreciates Le'Veon's efforts during his time here, and we know he worked hard to make significant contributions to this team. We believe this decision is in the best interests of both parties and wish him future success. I don't know why you think this is in the best interest of your team. <laughs> Maybe it's it's a better draft pick. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> I, yeah. It's a tough one. I know Le'Veon wants out, and the reaction of all Jets fans on Twitter to that statement is fire Adam Gase. So, yeah, maybe they made the wrong decision. <laughs> they didn't make the wrong decision if they're trying to go 0 and 16. That's true. And if they're keeping Adam Gase, I can't think of anything else they're trying to do. Yeah. Um, I just want to reach out to the New York football Jets and extend a warm thank you, some gratitude to the Jets for not waiting until after we finish recording to release this news, as usually happens on this podcast. Very true. But uh, Bell's release leaves behind a $15 million dead cap for the rest of 2020 and another $4 million next year, so... Next year, not a huge hit, but I don't know. You want to feel really 
crappy about your life, just go ahead and listen to the fact that Le'Veon Bell made $28 million American currency for playing in 18 football games. I would sign Elijah up to play for that kind of money. I would let myself get hurt for that kind of money. <laughs> like, like real hurt. <laughs> oh, man. A lot of times when people ask random questions, like, would you do something for so much money? Like, the answer is (laughs) yeah. Everybody's got a price. A lot of times I don't even have to say how much or what I have to do. (laughs) So the thing about the orangutan and the thumb you do? I mean, I feel like I already answered the question, Sean. (laughs) I just want it on the record. On the record. Um... Before we get to the gruesome news, can we just all throw a pinch of confetti in the air and celebrate? Because, ladies and gentlemen, Dan Quinn has finally been fucking fired. As well as Thomas Dimitrov, the GM. (laughs) But the uh, Falcons still haven't won a game, (laughs) so I think it's about time. But this goes to show, you know, even if a number of years ago you were this close to Winning the Super Bowl can all go away so quick. It can fall down and fall down in a hurry. There's too yeah. much talent on that team not to be winning. How many games have they had multiple score leads and just can't close out games? The decision-making, once they get a lead, it's... You'd think they'd learn their lesson, but they hadn't, so... You know, if you're not going to change your stubborn ways when it's not working, the NFL is going to say peace of speeches. Georgia peaches. Yeah, it's, uh, I tell you what, just starting from that debacle on the onside kick against the Cowboys up until now, it just, it's been a huge mess. I don't know. Uh, I'd, yeah, I'd like to say that they should be better, but, uh, no. What does come out of this is interim head coach Raheem Morris. Yeah, he was the defensive coordinator for the Falcons. Um, used to be the head coach of the Buccaneers a number of years ago. <laughs> he had quite the losing record. I think it was like 24 games, or no, 14 games under 500 with them. So, But it is another minority head coach, and that's a positive step. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, they... Named Jeff Ulbrich, the new defensive coordinator. Oh, Jeff, and yeah. Bernie Parmalee, the special teams coordinator. Oh, burn dog. Fucking Bernie Parmalee. Bernie Parmalee. <laughs> Sounds like he works at the Hannaford Warehouse. <laughs> it does. Come to the control desk when you get a minute. <laughs> All right, I guess we're going to have to talk about this, and in no way shape or form will this podcast celebrate the injury of any player i think we've said something to this effect before when you beat the dallas cowboys it's always best to beat the dallas cowboys when they have their best players on the field you don't want them having those built-in excuses but absolutely tragic injury to dak prescott i'm not a dak fan i think that's pretty clear but i don't want to see the guy's foot get turned sideways that was horrifying and hard to watch yeah, i was- saw it in real time and 
at first my brain was like, that foot went the wrong way. And then I was like, no, it didn't. You're just seeing things. And then Tony Romo went, oh, I forget exactly what he said, but you know what he, like. That looks like a bad sprain. He was like, oh, geez. And I was like, oh, nope, that was, that was pointing the wrong way. And, uh, yeah, it is added to a list of uh, nationally televised gross lower leg injuries that get talked about for a really long time. I've tweeted about people getting injured in the past. We need to stop just putting a camera on a guy that's injured or out cold or freaking body parts are facing the wrong direction. Like, have some respect for the guy who's hurt. They put their bodies on the line to entertain you week in and week out. If it's something gruesome like that or they're unconscious, get the fucking camera off of them. Wait until, you know, that feel-good moment when they're coming off the field. You know, they put the thumb up, whatever. I don't need to see a guy's biting a towel because they're about to put his ankle back the right way. Just saying it gives me... Goose pimples. Yeah, there was the reports that uh, the bone broke through the skin, which is always like an added uh, thing you gotta try to worry about because that increases your chance at you know infections and stuff like that after surgeries. So, um, yeah, very rough. Uh, you don't want to see a guy, especially a guy that had difficulty negotiating a contract, and he's playing on the franchise tag. And I know that Stephen Jones came out and said Dak is still, you know, somebody that we consider part of our future. But this is why guys fight so hard to get those contracts because shit like this can happen. don't believe Stephen Jones, and he should give Dak the contract tomorrow if that's true. Yeah, it, absolutely. It, if Everything I am he wanted. Any person, uh, uh, and obviously I'm not good enough to play in the NFL, that's fine. Um, if I'm someone on a franchise tag, I'm not playing. After seeing this, fuck that. Not going to play. Wait. Sit out a year. Get your guaranteed money. Do what you have to do. This just proves exactly what players have been saying all along. And if they, if the Cowboys, in true Cowboys fashion, find a way to fuck this up, like they drag this out or they don't like offer him a fair... Oh, they're going to fuck it up. I bet Andy Dalton's going to go like... How many games left? I don't know. Andy Dalton will go seven and five and make the playoffs, and then Andy Dalton will get the uh, the mid range contract, and Dak will be left to swing. Yeah, if well, we're doing if hot happens, take guesses, that's what I'm going with. Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, I mean, is gonna personally drive his Brinks truck to Dallas and pick Dak up. Jimmy G is not the G. <laughs> he is so, not the guy, folks. So, Ooh. Some might say he's a dud. <laughs> Superdora would block. Hey, uh, you don't know if you know this or not, but coronavirus is still a thing, even though the president is now immune to it. Um, a lot of <laughs> things happening. We had uh, the first Tuesday night football game since 2010. Sean, do you remember who lost in that game in 2010? Yeah, probably the Eagles. It was the Eagles to the Vikings. 
And up until tonight, Joe Webb was the winningest quarterback in Tuesday night football history in the NFL because it was the only game <laughs> ever played on Tuesday. But, yeah, so, again, we, we've got the, uh, the Titans playing for the first time in two weeks. Um, they, they were victorious. And now with the, you know, the Patriots stuff that we'll get into, everything's been flip-flopped and games are moved from week to week to week to week. To week. Your bye weeks are changing. Uh, it's been pretty friggin' nuts. Uh, I don't know how the NFL has still found ways to change this, their scheduling without, like, having to add weeks or take time off, but it feels like we're a team having an outbreak away from them postponing stuff for a couple weeks just to kind of clear the air here. But. Yeah, that it feels like it's going to get to that point where the Seahawks have an outbreak in instead of moving week 17 to week 13 and week 13 to week 7 and week 7 to week 9 and... <laughs> having two teams play on the same field at the same time. It seems like it would. we're going to get to the point where it's going to be smarter for the NFL just to say, okay, pause football activities. We will pick up again next Wednesday at 5 o'clock, whatever. Just like complete pause for everybody. Nobody's in the building. Nobody's doing meetings. Complete isolation. Try to squash this thing out. Yeah, they've had uh, the NFL has a total of 47 confirmed infections over the last two testing periods, and a lot of like what's been going on has people talking about the NFL playing in a bubble. Which, even if you do like multiple bubbles, I think it's really hard for you to organize a way to isolate 3,000 people. Um, you know, adding staff and all that. And even the, you know, the the director of uh, what med- what is what the fuck is his title? I forget. Chief medical Doctor officer. Stuff. Yeah, chief medical officer. Uh, Alan Sills says that that is not something they plan to do, and he completely disagrees with trying to do a bubble. And he went on to say, and I quote, we don't feel that concept is the safest course of action. So Tell that to the other sporting leagues that have successfully finished seasons. Yeah. And he said, uh, he goes on to say, I think we all have to recognize there are no perfect solutions here. First of all, a bubble is not going to keep out all infections. You still have other individuals that come in and out, service workers, security personnel, and we've known from other experiences that those individuals can be infected. So simply being in a bubble doesn't keep us safe. We still have to do all these measures of mitigation with PPE and identification of systems with testing, etc. Well, I didn't think of that idea first, so I'm just going to be a negative Nancy about it. He also says something that is not discussed when people talk about a bubble is the human and emotional, uh, the human and emotional and the behavioral health toll that it takes on people. So basically he's going on to say, you know, these people are going to be away from their families for three, four, five months. And let's maybe they only do it for the playoffs. Then it's three, four weeks. I mean, it's far more manageable at that point when you have, you know, less than half of the league uh, who's actually a playoff team. 
makes it a little easier. But, you know, we'll see how this thing continues to shake out. I know um, we had Anthony Sherman, the fullback from uh, from the Chiefs, was placed on the list today. Apparently he hasn't tested positive, but he came in contact with somebody who has it. Fun fact, Anthony Sherman's nickname is Sausage. <laughs> Has nothing to do with the conversation, but it is very fun. I only, I only said it because Sean was taking a drink. Oh my god, I almost lost my coffee. <laughs> uh, Sausage and, Sherman with the run. Yeah, Anthony Sausage Sherman, if he was a UFC fighter. <laughs> um, Did Falcons... you see the way Sausage hit the hole? <laughs> Boo. Great push. Great push there from Sausage. <laughs> <laughs> Sausage the Falcons gets stuffed. <laughs> uh, the Falcons also placed their rookie defensive lineman Marlon Davidson on the COVID list. So a couple more guys getting added in here. Uh, still, you know, no big prominent names uh, adding Just on from the ones it. that we have. So, <laughs> hey, you know what? Sometimes guys who talk about sports jinx things when they say them out loud. Thanks, like thing about the no-hitter? What? Is it like that thing about the no-hitter? Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to say it. Don't say it. Uh, do we have anything else? <laughs> yes, we do. Uh, the uh, Fantasy Football Podcast League is still going on. And I moved to five wins and zero losses. Now, I know what you're thinking, Elijah. You must be amazing. But uh, I should have lost this week by a ton. And <laughs> whoever the Griswold Gladiators or whatever are, uh, apparently didn't realize the Patriots-Broncos game uh, was postponed and left three players in that didn't play, giving me uh, a miraculous is. victory because my team sucked this week and I still nice won. Nice job. You just beat a 12-year-old. Yeah. In I fact, have no follow-up comments. I haven't checked my roster since the we- the season started, so Well, as Bill Parcells said, you are what your record says you are and I am 5 and 0. Oh. Take that, 12-year-old. <laughs> You know who else you is undefeated? You just got beat by a 35-year-old man. <laughs> Man's a strong word. By a... <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Eagles lose to the Steelers 38-29. All right, on to Minnesota. You don't want to talk about it? Nah, Minnesota loses to the Shithawks 27-26. All right, on to the Patriots. They didn't even fucking play. Who cares? <laughs> there, we did all of our games. Well, thanks for listening to the joint practice. <laughs> Do the studs no. and duds drop or whatever. No one gives a shit. Before, all jokes aside, before we move on, I thought this Eagles game was actually kind of fun to watch, which I first time I've been able to say that this year. I went into this game with zero expectations, expecting a molly whopping. That didn't happen. Uh, the score kind of tells a different story. It, Steelers win 38-29, but Philadelphia literally had a field goal try to take the lead. 
towards the end of this game. It, do the Steelers come down and score again? I don't know. Probably. Maybe. Who knows? But the fact that they were able to come back from a two-score deficit against the number one defense in the NFL is a pretty good sign. Pretty good sign, especially when your leading receiver, Travis Fulgham, goes off. Has a day. First 100-yard receiver since I don't even know who the last guy to do it was because it's been so long. Probably Deshaun Jackson week one of last year. I think it was Marky Mark in that movie, Incredible. Invincible, but you're close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but I thought Carson played really well, and as I said last week, Carson and the kids, again, it seems to be working. The defense let us down in this game, but, you know, You guys said well, I get one moral victory a year. I'm going to take this as a moral victory because even though they didn't win, you're starting to see things change offensively. They scored 29 points. Should have had more. I'll take it. Steep. Um, You remember in last week's episode when I said the recipe for success for the Vikings would be to control the ball? Hold on to the ball as much as possible and don't let Seattle get on the field. I heard you say that. Uh, well, Mike Zimmer's dreams came true. Almost a two to one margin, uh, time of possession, 40 minutes to 20. That's exactly what you want to do. Here's the problem the secondary for the Vikings is still very young and inexperienced, and their inexperience really showed when Seattle had the ball because it compounded with some of the mistakes you made on offense in the third quarter. Uh, Seattle's able to put up a quick 21 points and really put you, put you down, but team fought back hard. Had a lead after you held Russell Wilson to 40 yards passing. Technically, it was like, what, 13 yards net with the four sacks he took in the first first half. Things were going swimmingly. And I said to myself, a 13 to nothing lead is not enough against this team. We should have scored another touchdown. And sure enough, you get down near the goal line, fourth and one. Could kick the field goal, go up by eight. Or you can try and get the first down and ice the game away. And I think Mike Zimmer made the right call by going for it on fourth down. Alexander Madison missed the hole that was open for him. Ran right into the back of C.J. Ham, Couldn't pick up the first down. And the Seahawks went on a long, long drive to uh, win the game by scoring a touchdown. And, uh, in dramatic fashion. Yeah, I would... Sean just talked about moral victories, but this doesn't feel like a moral victory. It feels like your defense isn't good enough to stop one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But they fought hard, and here you are now, having two losses to two teams that are undefeated, and you lost to each one of those teams by one point. Just not there yet. Not there. It's and weird Dalvin how... Dalvin Cook getting injured doesn't help. 
nope, that doesn't help at all. But at least you got a game this week, then a bye week. Give them an extra week. I think that's how it goes for the Vikings. But it's weird how similar our teams are. Like in the way they play and what happens to them and how they lose and how they win. That one time. It does happen. It does happen often. Uh, Elijah, how do the Patriots do? I wanted to give kudos to KJ Wright real quick for that fucking interception he had. KJ! Looked like back in the day in NCAA football when Elijah made his dad as a linebacker and he jumped up and made a one-handed interception. Let me tell you, 6'5", 225, Bill Arnold was one of the greatest NCAA linebackers at 55 years old. <laughs> He's a uh, 36-year senior. I was going to say, yeah. what, did he uh, not get to go to school because he went to the war? So now he's Hey, plenty of guys go to college for nine years. Yeah, they're it, called doctors, Tommy. You know, it's like Van Wilder, but without the sex or attractive women. I don't so, know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> How about oh, here's something we didn't think was huh? going to happen to us this year. I don't think any of us predicted this. The New England Patriots beat no one and lose to no one because Steph Gilmore and maybe some other people like kind of got like sick or whatever and it was bad. Bill Murray. So they tried to push it back and they were going to play at five on Monday, which would have been pretty cool. And then they were like, oh, no, we'll just play Sunday. And then the NFL was like, well, to play Sunday, we'd have to like switch like nine games, and that's what they did. So I don't know what the schedule looks like anymore. Uh, <laughs> like, I got a notification, Patriots play Sunday, and also these other nine things happened, and I just stopped reading because I'm not smart enough. <laughs> it's like, uh-huh. and then this team moves to this day at this time, and blah, 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 and we lost Thursday night football. Well, we got Tuesday night football. Right, but... And two Monday nights this coming week. I'm so sick of calculus. It's funny that... uh, (laughs) So, when the news broke about the Cam Newton testing positive and then the Stefan Gilmore testing positive, Adam Schefter went out there and reported that Cam Newton and Stefan Gilmore had dinner together the day that Cam tested positive but hadn't gotten his results back yet. And I saw Stefan Gilmore's wife tweet today that they did not go to dinner. <laughs> so she said, I'm putting it out there so you guys stop reporting false news. So I don't know. It looked like Adam Schefter was plan- trying to play optics man to make the NFL look better. And now he has a little bit of egg on his face. But I mean, so did Cam Newton have dinner with Stefan Gilmore's wife and then she gave it to Stefan Gilmore? Is that what Schefter's saying? Girl, I watched The Bachelorette earlier and that's some bullshit like from that. Like, <laughs> Why would anybody watch that show? Because it was on when you guys were getting ready to record and I walked in the living room uh, and I'm staying at my sister's place because, I don't know, life happens. And uh, they were watching it and I was like, what's this? And they were like, it's The Bachelorette. And I was like, this looks okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, I heard a lot of rumblings about Bill getting upset this week because they weren't able to practice at all. 
to help game plan for this game. So that's part of the reason that the game was rescheduled. Uh, I don't know. I think the Patriots are still in good shape to take on the Broncos this week. Oh. Uh, yeah, I mean, I it's hard to even talk about it because nothing happened. Like, it's not even a bye week because, like, a bye week, you'd be like, oh, well, these guys got healthy and blah, blah, blah. But it's the weirdest fucking week because I was like, we're going to play the Broncos. Maybe we'll win. Oh, now we're going to play Monday. Maybe we'll win. Now it's, okay, we'll play the Broncos Sunday. And I, I, I don't know. You smell that? Is it what The Rock is cooking? Smells like it's all time. It's all time. Studs and duds, studs and duds. It's all time for studs and duds. Studs and duds for week five. Your favorite part of the Joint Practices podcast, I know, because I saw it in an iTunes review once. Which you can also do, which would be great. You, yeah, you listening. You with the blinky eyes, raised eyebrow. Why haven't you written an iTunes review yet? Huh? Huh? That'd be kind of cool. And if you do, I'll make you a stud. How's that? Oh. Speaking of studs. Yes. Hello, Ryan Fitzpatrick. 350 yards and three touchdowns against that beat up 49ers team. Hey, the Dolphins scored 43 points this week. As and, we all predicted. And uh, Fitzpatrick is a stud for now. You know who else is a stud? And not even because of stats. Derek Carr. Because he went in and he beat Patrick Mahomes. And by more than seven points. And national news told me that it's the first time that's ever happened to Patrick Mahomes. But... So, Derek Carr's a stud. <laughs> I'm going to be a homer stud for my first stud, and I'm going to go with the undrafted free agent rookie, not rookie, second-year player. I don't know. Is he considered a rookie if he never played last year? I, In I the NFL, NFL, no. In the NFL, you are based on your draft year or the year you left college. All right, whatever. Travis Fulgham doesn't even have a nickname yet. I was going to call him G-Ham, but that just sounds weird. I'll, th- I'll think of something. <laughs> if it's G-Ham, follow him. <laughs> he absolutely dominated for the offense with his 10 catches, 152 yards, and a touchdown. He, I mean, he was getting open all day, no matter who they put on him. And he came up in big spots for Carson, so it's, it's nice to see a wide receiver develop, you know, and do some stuff on the football field that's not... 400 years old so he's 2020 version of greg ward yes who was the next closest receiver with four catches <laughs> fulgham had a day baby first stud uh my second stud was deshaun watson 359 yards three touchdowns yeah he might have thrown two interceptions big whoop want to fight about it uh but he helped romeo cornell become the first coach who's 73 years old to win a football game. And the Texans actually got into the winning column for the first time this year. So 
uh, Deshaun going to try to will him into uh, mediocrity this year. And then they'll hire Cronell full-time, and then they'll just be in this cycle of mediocrity. <gasps> Go ahead, Elijah. Uh, Coolio Mack made Tom Brady really scared this week, and for that, he's a stud. He made Tom Brady forget what down it was. Uh, hey, don't give away my dud. I didn't. <laughs> you did. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Drink some more coffee. All right. Well, my next dud, stud, stud, <laughs> my studly dud. I, le- I left this one for you. Thank you. I'm going to have to give it to Chase Claypool, who absolutely ate Nate Gary's lunch and dinner and wife. <laughs> Seven catches, 110 yards, <laughs> three touchdowns, added a fourth touchdown on the ground, absolutely destroyed the Eagles. He's the third player in NFL history to score four touchdowns in a game in his rookie season. And the last Even one was Frank in like O'Harris 19... didn't do that. Yeah, the last one was in like 1932. <laughs> Good Lord. All right. Elijah and his Egyptian cotton sheets is going to start us off with a dud, dud, dud. Uh, the dud number one is uh, Jimmy Garoppolo because he's not the starter anymore or maybe he is but his contract's really big <laughs> but he's cooked you know what they say about guys with big contracts they have big feet um <laughs> if you are on the contract Jimmy Garoppolo's on and you get pulled from a game that's a that's a that's a he's not so good against the dolphins against the dolphins like that's that's bad. You want to talk to the dolphin? You talk to me, okay? <laughs> yeah, seven for seventeen with two interceptions. That's uh, it's a yikes for me, dog. My first dud was the money badger. That's right. <laughs> uh, Michael Badgley uh, missed an extra point against the Saints on Monday Night Football. And then he had an opportunity to kick a field goal to win the game. And he almost gave it the old uh, Cody Parkey. Except he only hit one upright. We'll call it the half Cody Parkey. He just single doinked it? Yeah, it's like a, it's almost like a skateboard trick. The half Cody Parkey. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, if you call yourself the money badger, you should be making those kicks. Yeah, especially when you're on my fantasy team. <clears throat> Dink. Yep, that's exactly the sound the ball made off the off the post. No, it was more of doink. <laughs> All right. My first dud is uh, Nathaniel Gary of the Nate Gary clan. Mr. White Snake himself. What the f- You're a dud. I'm just... No. We're done. Dud. You know what sucks? Is watching Gary. defensive backs that used to be on your team. Do well somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, like Sidney Jones and Rasul Douglas. Yep. I was thinking more of Xavier Rhodes from my department, but yes, those would be the guys on your team that are playing well and no longer on your team. Go ahead. I mean, I was going to make my second dud Le'Veon Bell, but we'll make it a combo Le'Veon Bell, the New York Jets. 
team stinks. They made a great signing with this guy, and then, I don't know, Adam Gase just fucking shit on his dreams. Tom Brady can't count to four. <laughs> he can. He just can't remember which one he's on. So I don't know if it's an age-related thing or like a Florida thing, because you know Florida. So what? I mean, like I can count to four, and I'm not even that smart. And most of the time, I'm drunk, and I can still get to four. And Tom was like, "All right, we're at three. And the ref was like, "Hey, Tom, bud, friend." old compadre we're at four and he put his four fingers up like just a fuck like oh like russell wilson's son win like like four and ah, oh, <laughs> it was just sad to see like uh. it's so sad i know they're three and two and they're they still have a chance but you're out there week five just holding up four fingers like a child in first grade, proud of yourself because you finally got a question right, and it's the NFL and you're 49 years old. It was sad, and I have some feelings about it. They always say the mind's the first thing to go. I mean, and then Giselle was like, my husband cannot count to four and play quarterback at the same time. Here's an easy solution. What you do is before the play, you look at the sideline and they got that big friggin' stick that's got the number on it for what down it is. Hell, there's a scoreboard at the end of each field, at each end of the field that also says the same thing. All right, my last dud <laughs> is one play in particular. It was the Jacksonville Jaguars. Damn it. It was the Jacksonville Jags fourth and one play where they ran the Wildcat with James Meet the Robinsons. And he kind of runs to the right, to the bottom of the screen, for those of you watching. And then looks like he's going to pick the, you know, put the ball up and throw it, but then just instead just drops it on the ground like, ew, it's got something on it. I'm exaggerating, of course, but it was the worst play design, worst executed fourth and one play, and it was so Jacksonville. It's basically their identity right there, that play. And it cost me a game in the pick'em, so fuck them. Take that play out of the playbook, by the way. Dinky Jaguars. Uh, this is my favorite part of the show now. Elijah, you want to send this one in? Yes. Uh, please play the drop where I'm featured. Please, it's the week. Having a good time. Please, it's the week. Never a Pop icon, Elijah Arnold. He uh, hit number 72 on the Korean pop charts. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> Korean girls dancing in the club to Elijah to please out the week. <laughs> I go down. To, I go down to the basement. I'm like Carol. I got two tickets to Seoul, and she's like, "Why?" And she's like, "Why?" And I'm like, "Don't worry. Stop. Just relax, man. <laughs> just drive to Portland Jetport and just be cool about it." Uh so my play of the week this week was Kyle Allen. Uh, 
looked like he got concussed in the game that Washington played this week. And the football team trotted out Alex Smith as the backup. First game he's been a part of in almost two full calendar years. Uh, you know, all the things that he went through. And you could see how like emotional his wife was about the whole situation. I'm sure he had butterflies like fucking crazy, but um, can we just put it on the board now? Alex Smith is the comeback player of the year. I don't think anybody stands a chance if he starts the rest of the year. I disagree. I think Cam Newton has a chance if it, all things are equal, but we'll see. I don't know if you heard on the broadcast. They said at 62.5 billion times, billion with a B, that he almost lost his leg. And his life. Jesus, we know. Yeah, and uh, first down for Alex Smith, who almost lost his leg. <laughs> well, you have the recipe right there on how to broadcast, so we still have to call a game together. Yes, I can't wait for this. Oh, this is going to be gold. We're going to videotape it. It's going to be great. All right, so my first and only <laughs> play of the week was in, <laughs> was in that Chargers Saints Monday night game towards the end of the game I think there was 15 seconds left uh Mike Williams makes a third and one catch that went 29 yards <clears throat> what was crazy about this catch is he caught it through two defenders and he landed flush on his back from probably eight feet in the air just boom it knocked the wind out of me watching it. The fact that he held on to the ball and took that, got back up, that was a hell of a play. Dude, yeah. The fact that he was playing was a godsend for the Chargers when Keenan Allen got injured. Yeah, no doubt. Fantasy team as well. Thanks. Yeah, at least he got you a touchdown before he left. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that catch was nuts. If you haven't seen it, I would check it out. It's Pretty brutal and awesome, and it put them in field goal range to try to win the game. But, you know, as you have heard in the dud section, stink crack. They uh, <laughs> <laughs> missed the kick. Stink crack. <laughs> uh, I almost called them Marvin Bagley, who was a NBA player. <laughs> Did he go to Duke? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Elijah. 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 My play hey, of the week, week. Uh, uh, Jimmy Teddy Graham's caught a one-handed uh, touchdown, and I thought it was pretty cool. That was a uh, nice did, catch. You know, oh, yeah. Just threw it up. The old single-hand squeeze. I've done a lot of stuff in my life one-handed, so I kind of like relate to it. <laughs> uh, so I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, he is like a perfect tight end for a Nick Foles team. Because he's a guy that has the hand-eye coordination and the strength to be able to haul in one-handed catches when Nick Foles just heaves it up there. Dude, that was a crazy throwing catch, though. It was. It was. Oh, that is, he's, in terms of one-handed strength... He's up there with the greats, uh, me. Uh, Did he catch it with his right or his left hand? DJ Qualls from the new guy. Uh, 
<laughs> oh boy oh boy what do we got now talk about the games we're supposed to play this week <clears throat> yes the eagles are hosting the baltimore ravens with fans in the stadium that was announced today up to 7500 people can all congregate and get coronavirus while watching football if you're gonna go out might as well do it that way yeah, I guess so, because hopefully that uh, fun to watch offense shows up again, and maybe we can try somebody not named Nate Gary at linebacker this week. You know, just see what happens. Maybe something good will happen. Can't get any worse, can it? Maybe. But I, uh, I don't know this... Ravens' offense has looked a little funky the last few weeks. I don't know what's really going on there, but their tight end, Mark Andrews, scares me because the Eagles can't cover tight ends. And He's Darius... basically a wide receiver against, <laughs> yes. against the Eagles. <laughs> if Darius Slay can't play because I think he's in concussion protocol, I don't know who's going to keep up with Hollywood Brown, so he might go for four catches and 600 yards and six touchdowns. I think what would scare me is that Baltimore Ravens defense. Listen, I'm not scared to say it. If Hollywood Brown catches 600 yards, I think the Ravens are going to win. <laughs> and you can quote yeah, but me on we, that. Steve, what you said about the defense, that's the same thing I said going in last week against the Steelers defense. So yeah, I have a little a- bit more... Positivity? Positivity? You're playing against a Ravens defense that's coming off a game where they sacked Joe Burrow seven times, had an interception and two fumble recoveries, one of which was returned for a touchdown, and they helped me score 26 points in fantasy in our work league. Pretty good, but yeah, that defense is uh, pretty damn good. And my yep. defensive rookie of the year call, Patrick Queen, was the guy who returned that fumble for a touchdown. I don't well, remember you doing you. that. You could be making that up. You can go back and listen to the <laughs> preview show. You're 100% correct. I could do that. It's one of our most listened to podcasts for some way, episodes for some reason. But whatever. It is what it is till it ain't. And what ain't? Is the Vikings hosting the Atlanta Falcons? Falcon right, they are. Um, huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a... Uh, you got to win this game, man. I'm on board for the sit Dalvin Cook uh, vote. It looks like right now that is their plan. They don't expect him to play within... Adductor strain. Those are the actual muscles that are in your groin. Uh, when they say you have a groin strain, strain of the adductor muscles. There's five of them down there. Bet you didn't know that, huh, Elijah? Pay attention to Mr. Libby's anatomy and physiology class. <laughs> in Mr. Libby's anatomy and physiology class, I fit a pencil so far up my nose, I gave myself a COVID test. While I was taking my test, an actual school test, 
he knocks on the desk. He's like, <clears throat> I was like, look up at him, and he's like, pencil? No. So I was like, don't do that. Mostly because I was the guy who gave him the pencil starting <laughs> class. And so I went back and do my test, and he was like, knocks on the desk again. I look at him, and he's like, pencil. Nose. I was like, no. And then he put the pencil up his nose. And I was like, you can keep it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is a... And Arthur Libby gave me a C- and that was not cool beans. And that is a joke that probably .0001% will get. And that's fine, because that means zero people, because we don't have that many listeners. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a game that Helvin Cook sets out. If you can't beat the own five Falcons, um, man, you've got some other problems on your plate. Then, yeah, this is a team that just fired their head coach and GM. This is a team. I mean, honestly, it probably puts them in a better position uh, to be successful in this game. And you know, I don't, I haven't really looked in to see what the situation is with uh, with Atlanta and um, the injury report, but. You know, if they're going to... Oh, it already says Julio Jones isn't playing, so... Julio Jones? Yeah, there's a uh, there's an added bonus for you, but, you know, when you still got guys like, you know, Calvin Ridley and uh, Justin Gage. See the other one? Yep. Um, You know, they still have some big weapons out there, and you're going to have to try and slow those guys down with, you know, still this young, inexperienced secondary and... So it it could be a good test for him, but it's a uh, you got to win this game. You know, one and four, <laughs> the Vikings really have to roll off like five, six straight wins at this point to get themselves back into a conversation about uh, getting a playoff spot. But well, I mean, this is a great matchup for him at this point when you're one and four, and uh, we'll see what happens. Still no fans at. Uh, U.S. Bank Stadium, as is per the case with any closed field uh, throughout the country right now. I th- I don't like um, Atlanta, especially having to now travel. Yeah. Meh. Yeah. I don't know. What? I, I the... just... Like the way the Vikings are playing, even though they're not finishing games. I like their chances against this atrocious team. Yep. And going back to the week five matchup of the Patriots at the Bron or against the Broncos. Are they hosting the Broncos? So at this point, I assume I talked about this last week. Uh, you just go listen to that. Play it again. I don't think Mustard has changed. I think the Patriots will probably win. Uh, the Broncos think are Cam still hurt. In this game? I do. Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, you know, because COVID's not real, right? <laughs> I don't know. Or it is, but like you're immune to it after three days. Maybe you're at Walter Reed. Who cares? Um, and you're feeling great like you're feeling you're feeling great powerful. oh my god you feel like the best you've felt in 20 years so if Cam Newton's 31 then he's playing like an 11 year old so that might not go so good 
but yeah, no, I think the Patriots will win. It's been super weird. If there's another issue with any teams, the schedule is going to get outrageously silly uh, or they're going to have to take a break. But if we're just talking about Patriots Broncos, excuse me, I think the Patriots have the edge. If I was a betting man and I've been known to be, I'd put money on the Patriots depending on the line. Uh, There is no line because of the COVID stuff. Exactly. So (laughs) take that. Walter Las Vegas, founder of Las Vegas. Didn't know if you knew that. Um, <laughs> it means a whale's vagina. The one thing I will say is that uh, I think Sony Michelle's on his way out of town for good. Another failed first round draft pick for Bill Belichick. It looks like Damian Harris can do anything Sony Michelle can do, but better because he's bigger and he runs straighter. And uh, Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle had like broken knees coming out of college. Uh, but he looked good, and and they won a Super Bowl, so like you can't complain. Uh, too. But I can, and uh, yeah, yeah. It was not a great first round pick, which tends to be the thing. But then the other thing is that the uh, undrafted, I don't know, tiny white receiver from Bumfuck State University is good. So they don't have Gunner Olszewski, the pride yeah. of Bemidji, Minnesota. Yeah, but I can't even say it. <laughs> I do know he's Polish. With a name like Olszewski, you better be. Fedenzinski. <laughs> ski ski. Ski ski. God damn. All right, that's going to do it for episode 115. That's episode 115 of the Joint Practices podcast. This is the podcast for fans, by fans. That means you, that means me, that means everybody listening. And you can be on our show. Just hit us up, jointpracticespod at gmail.com or on Instagram, jointpracticespod or on Twitter at jointpracticespod or just put up the bat symbol and we'll know you want to be on our show. Fun fact, when I select in the freezer, the sweat pattern on my back makes the bat symbol. And that's a real thing. Um, and whether you're listening on Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, or Blueberry, Go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review. Share it with your Granny Larson. And uh, great way to stay in shape. If you are on Twitter or wherever, uh, you can tweet us at Joint Practices Podcast. Nope, at Joint Practices, at 11 to go, at The Knox S, at Rug Elijah. You send us a tweet with a hashtag, and that hashtag this week is November 3rd. I said I was going to keep doing it, and we're doing it. So November 3rd is when you can vote, or before that, depending on your municipality or state. Uh, Let us know you're listening. November 3rd. We'd love to hear more from you. What you heard about November 3rd? Thought of that earlier. (laughs) Ah, yeah. Go vote. Our second hashtag is Sharon Stone, and she's a nice lady. Bye. Bye. Bye.